Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It is Monday evening, the 21st of Tevit. 5744 on the Jewish calendar and January 1st, 2024 on the civil calendar. This is not only a time when we practice writing 2024 instead of 2023 as we have for the past year. It is also a time when we make resolutions to hopefully make our future better than the last year, which definitely could use some improvement. Although I make my New Year's resolutions on the Jewish New Year, uh, marking, marking a year's time and resolutions to make the future better is a good universal practice whenever it is done. I think the best resolution that I ever made, which I actually kept, was to look at myself in the third person every day at least once. When reviewing the day's business, the interactions and conflicts or whatever. A while ago, I made the resolution to just kind of step back and say to myself, how did this other person see me? Sometimes I was able to realize ways in which I had maybe been um, unconsiderate, inconsiderate, uh, um, jump to the wrong conclusions too quickly. And sometimes I was actually able to realize that I was in the wrong and aside from being far from being angry at the other person that I should in fact ask them for some sort of forgiveness or express some sort of apology. Eventually, this regular practice of uh, looking at myself in the third person led me to the practice of asking myself the general and deeper question, what am I bringing out in other people? People are always a mixture of emotions, a mixture of personality traits, um, some more dominant at one time than at the, at the other. Uh, 
and what can I do that brings out the best in people, which in turn brings out the best in me. I used to say when I was young, I used to say, uh, how's life treating you? My brother would always say, he would say, life isn't treating me, I'm treating life. I heard that from a couple of co-workers too. It's a very profound thought that one does not wait for life to give you whatever it does for some proverbial number to turn up over which you have no control, but for which you can only wait. But it's kind of like the daily mail delivery. Oh, did the mail come today? What have I subscribed to? What, what newspapers, what magazines, what organizations do I belong to? Did I pay my electric, my gas, my cell phone bill? Those lab results that I'm waiting for, uh, what sort of health news do they contain for me? What have I done to make those health results good ones? Have I laid off the baklava and the jelly donuts? What goes into that mailbox is a composite function of what I subscribe to, what I've paid, what's overdue. Um, am I doing what I should be doing? Am I mindful of the speed cameras? How am I treating life? I would say at the root of depression, at the root of despair, is the attitude that nothing we do will have it will make any difference. That we are sitting in the waiting room of life, waiting for life to treat us rather than uh Bring what we have to life to make it better for ourselves and better for others. Viktor Frankl, who was a survivor of the Nazi concentration camps and also a psychiatrist, came up with the um, philosophy of his uh, treatment uh, called logotherapy. And one of the most important ideas he came up with is that even when one loses every single freedom one has, one is still left with the freedom of how one is going to respond to a situation. What meaning will one extract from a situation? And it was this... Um, attitude, this worldview, which uh, by grace of God enabled him to uh, survive being in concentration camps where he truly had no uh, control over his own life. And he was able to help people apply this to um, situations ranging from 
dysfunctional family relationships to um, toxic work environments to um, free-floating feelings of depression, what have you. Ultimately, it is by changing ourselves that we are ultimately able to change the world. It is really interesting. Uh, my son-in-law posted uh, a very funny uh, little uh, statement on a family group. He said, to those of you whom I have offended in the year 2023, Please try to improve yourself in 2024 so I won't have to offend you again in the year 2024. It was an interesting mixture on the one hand of self-confidence in being right and also a bit of self-caricature because if there's one thing that is a certain saving grace in life, it is to be able to change course, to identify, uh, and then to stop and change the mistakes one has made in life. Or at least to recognize the difficulties that one has in doing so. Two lines that I use where I make fun of my own difficulty in admitting mistakes are as follows. One is where I say, once I thought I was wrong, but I was mistaken. And the other I used with uh, admittedly only limited success with uh, my children was be glad you live in America where you're free to do whatever I want. I like the second quote better because in that one, one is able to achieve comic effect by changing one pronoun. There is another quote, a very famous quote in um, sportsmanship. It's not whether you win or lose but how you play the game. And I, I saw, I think it was a t-shirt that said, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether I win or lose. Sometimes, sometimes you're right. And sometimes you have to, so to speak, stick to your guns. And sometimes it's not, just a football championship or a chess match or whatever, but sometimes it is a fight between right and wrong. There is a time for the let's make a deal mentality, and there's a time for standing your ground and fighting. Uh, one of the things of which, sins of which I was guilty as a young leftist was the conviction that I had the 
vision for an ideal society and that the world needed to listen to me. I had far more in common with uh, street corner missionaries, um, missionaries knock on doors trying to share their vision of salvation with me than I would like to have admitted. And I think one of my biggest regrets in life was when I was preaching uh, my particular version of communism, leftism, what have you, that I was speaking to people older than myself who had a lot of life experiences who had lived through wars, lived under communism, um, lived under fascism, and I tuned them out. Now, if one does the arithmetic, one realizes that the eyewitnesses to history with whom one grows up slowly but surely pass away. And, frankly, uh, when a person passes away, it's like a library has burned. A unique perspective, unlike any other, has um, faded from the earth. And when I look at the mentality that prevails today, of people not not only not listening to fellow classmates, to professors, but people actually silencing opposing points of view. The entire time of the um, COVID epidemic of uh, 2020, people who had uh, different opinions regarding treatment of a new virus were silenced. The term vaccine denier was used. Then, of course, you have the term climate change denier. And it reminds me, there was a play which I was, which was written by Bertolt Brecht called Galileo in which he talked about um, Galileo, the astronomer who had the idea that uh, the Earth revolves around the Sun rather than the Sun revolving around the Earth. Now, it's actually possible for both to be true when you think about it, but we are talking about scientific facts, the behavior of physical bodies in space. The proper way to handle such a dispute is to air one's evidence. But instead of doing so, Galileo was forced to recant his heretical beliefs. And I find that today the the leftists and the secular humanists 
have their own their own creed, their own lists of beliefs that one dare not question. And uh, the effects of this uh, mode of societal discourse on the peace and order of society has been catastrophic. In the former Soviet Union under Joseph Stalin, it was okay to um, attack and liquidate kulaks who were basically wealthy, wealthy farmers to identify and uh, neutralize, to put it politely, uh, hostile ethnic groups. And we have the same, the same mentality today. There is a certain mentality that if you belong to the oppressor class, that could be white, that could be Jewish, or um, there are also anti-black racists out there too, that it's okay to engage in corrective discrimination in class struggle. It's okay to yank heretical books off the shelves. It's all good because it's all for a good cause. This mentality is not good in friendships. It's not good in families. Uh, and it's not good in universities or in society at large. We seriously need to change course as a society to change the manner in which we disagree. 2023 was a tumultuous year. It's not enough to hope that 2024 will be a better year, but to resolve firmly ourselves to make it a better year by making ourselves better human beings. Uh, I thank you all and wish you not only a blessed week, but also a blessed year, however you mention it, however you measure it. Uh, hopefully, with God's help and our own strivings, we will be able to make the review of 2024 more happy than the review of 2023. Thank you and have a blessed week. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous, and closely resembles adios in Spanish. <laughs>